Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Hi, welcome. I am Mo. And I'm Jeremy, and we are the hosts of the podcast you are currently listening to. Wow, funny how you stumbled across us. We've got to stop meeting like this. Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I think we need to kiss now. I think we do. Lean in, listener. And uh, this is our podcast, According to an Idiot. We don't always say the title when we start episodes out. We don't always say that. Is it hokey to do that? Is it hokey Ah. to be like, or is it more cool? Are we cool kids when we're like... So anyways, yesterday, like you just cut into a conversation. Like, should we be more low-key? Do we want people to know that we care about what they think of us? I think that we should always shout the name of our podcast because what if, and hear me out, you're looking for a podcast, you're shifting around, you find an occult podcast, cool. You click on it, check it out. You don't really know the name. Maybe you like it a bit. And then, oh, they spit out the name and then that sticks with you. If you don't, if you just do the hokey spitball and you'll never catch that and then you'll never know what that podcast was. Uh, I like the hokey spitball. That uh, was my big move when I was a break dancer in the city. You know, those guys <laughs> who fold out a piece of cardboard and roll around on it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. It has duct tape all over it. Uh-huh. That's they're... what I was doing. And my, my biggest move was the hokey spitball. Yeah. And I'd say, stand back. I rolled my sleeves and say, stand back, ladies and gentlemen. You're about to see the hokey spitball. And then I would do it. I can't describe it. You'd have to see it. But just imagine a cacophony of limbs and... And spin it on my head, and there's mm. a lar- there was a large oversized boombox next to me r- blasting some uh, Beastie Boys, perhaps wow. some, uh, hear me out, some... Uh, Love um, Shack? Uh, Love Shack, the B-52s, uh, I don't know, maybe something like that. Can you picture it? It was pretty intense. I need you to shake your limbs right now while I sing Love Shack, all right? Here we go. Yep. Love Shack. It's a love shack, baby. If you see a faded sign by the <laughs> side of the road. Essentially, what Jeremy just did was shake his titties at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, guess what? I'm growing titties because I've been sitting a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not angry about that it. That is uh, the, I think, quarantine motto. Yes, it's the quarantine quadruple. I've quadrupled in size because of quarantine. Although we're not really in quarantine anymore for now. You can just like attribute that to quarantine weight. I certainly feel like I've undergone the physical and psychological stress of bearing children, like just from this sure. last past year and a half. I'm going to say it. It's been traumatic. I would say, yeah, honestly, like <laughs> going through it, the year 2020, like peak COVID, I didn't notice it really at all. And I was like, it was a really good year for me, actually. Oh. Generally speaking, it was like a good year for me. Yeah. Um, 2021 so <laughs> far has been a fucking train wreck uh, for my mental health. And I have not been doing well at all. And I think it's finally catching up to me. And it's weird because everything's opening up now and I should be feeling fine. And my brain is just like in a constant state of screeching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I no, just... is this screeching like a uncontrollable child with ADHD that has yet to be diagnosed? Or is this screeching like a train that needs desperately to stop before it hits a school bus stuck on the tracks but cannot stop and the wheels are squealing? What kind of screeching are we talking um, about here? It's like the latter if the ADHD kid was the conductor. <laughs> 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 I don't really know. What are we even screaming at? Who fucking knows? That's, but we're both terrified. Man, that's anxiety for you. There's not. You're not screaming at anything. You're just screaming to scream. Speaking of scary thoughts, um, here's a scary thought. 
A tiger in the White House. Oh, God. Okay. It's not that scary. It's just a presidential pet. That's right. One of our presidents had a tiger as a pet. And I want to tell you about all the other crazy pets that presidents have had. Wait, really? Who had a tiger? I'm going to get to that. And similarly, on our last episode, I did talk about presidential heights. You did. So keeping with that trend. Keeping with this trend of you becoming the dad figure who is obsessed (laughs) with uh, Civil War and World War II and history, you are now getting the itch of presidents. That's right. Which is a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. It is because they were all racist. (laughs) So presidential pets, I think it's funny just because of one... The kind of crazy pets, like before, like animal rights was a thing, the kind of pets that presidents had in the White House was fucking bonkers. And also, the names are incredible. This is the best parts of the name, okay? Okay, okay. So yeah. I'm gonna jump around. I'm not gonna do every president. I'm just gonna do the ones that I thought was really interesting. Some of them had fucking like zoo level amounts of animals, like wow. theater, Teddy Roosevelt, we're gonna talk about. He had some crazy stuff. Okay, number one, numero uno, George Washington. Mm-hmm. He had a greyhound named Cornwallis. Okay, interesting, yeah. We're starting off slow, quite cute. John Adams. John Adams had three dogs. One was named Juno, Mark, and Satan. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson. He had two horses named (laughs) Caracatacus and Young Fear Not. Young Fear Not. Which is like, that's not a SoundCloud rapper name. Uh, So Caracatacus the horse and Young Fear Not the horse. He also had several mockingbirds, his favorite of which was named Dick. (laughs) John Quincy Adams. He had silkworms. Ew. He just had silkworms. That's, uh, okay. It's a choice. This is a decision. I mean, like, not you if that's the pet you choose to have, but, like, also why? And, like, he shouldn't have been president. I'm sure. If you're that <laughs> yeah. mentally unwell, just yeah. stay home. No, yeah. If Joe Biden was like, hey, I'm president, I'm bringing in a truckload of worms, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, no. Yeah. He's not fit to be president. No, Somebody like, audit this man's right? brain. Andrew Jackson, very problematic figure in American history, had some pretty crazy pets. He had cockfighting roosters, many horses, such as Lady Nashville, which is adorable, (laughs) and a gray parrot that he taught curse words to. You've probably heard the story, but that bird specifically actually had to be removed from his funeral because it was cursing so much. Oh, really? Yeah. So Martin Van Buren, he's the one who had two tiger cubs gifted to him by a sultan. Yeah, so later, though, Congress forced him to give up the tigers to a zoo because they're like, this is so dangerous. So Congress came together and was like, okay, we need to do something about the tigers. The tigers wandering around the White House. William Henry Harrison. This one doesn't matter because he was president for 31 days and died of pneumonia. But anyway, he had a cow named Sookie (laughs) and an unnamed goat. That's cute. Sucky. Sucky. Sucky the the cow. True Blood character. So, John Tyler, he had a horse named the General and a canary named Johnny Ty. Aw, I I like that. Johnny Ty. James Polk had no pets. Just wanted to call him out on that. Gross. Abe Lincoln, he had the dogs Jip and Fido. That's the reason why Fido became like a generic dog name. Lincoln had a dog named Fido. Aw. A horse named Old Bob, two favorite cats named Tabby and Dixie, the first recorded presidential cats in history. On Dixie, Lincoln said, quote, she's smarter than my whole cabinet. Uh, He took in many straight cats during his presidency as well. He had a rabbit, two goats, Jack the turkey, who was meant for a Christmas dinner, but Lincoln's son begged him to keep it as a pet. Andrew Johnson, who was, became president unexpectedly after Lincoln's assassination. Johnson was one of the few presidents, to, uh, besides Polk, to officially have no pets during his presidency. And the only president after Johnson to have no pets was Donald Trump, who occupied the office 147 years after that. 
Also Weird Connection is both had no pets and both were impeached. Wow. Oh, that was interesting. Interesting. It's like maybe like you got to have at least silkworms. However, according to presidentialpetmuseum.com, where I got a lot of this information from, shout out to presidentialpetmuseum.com, <laughs> during Johnson's impeachment, Johnson befriended a family of white mice living in his bedroom. Okay. Yeah. So I picture like a little Was Tom he, and... like Cinderella? <laughs> yeah. I picture like a little Tom and Jerry hole, like where the mice would come out of in the wall. So there's this family of white mice and... Having owned private businesses at the time, such as a flour and grain mill, Johnson used flour and grains to feed the mice and leave out water for them, gradually gaining their trust. Aww. He even took to calling them his, quote, little fellows. Oh, that's actually so cute. Yeah, I, I imagine somebody who's like, this was during his impeachment, so he's probably like sad and yeah. probably like embarrassed and locked in his room like a teenager. Right. And he kind of learned to love animals that way flip side while this was going on johnson's daughter was on a desperate mission to eradicate the white house's rodent infestation so while she was setting out poison and mice traps across the house to conquer these rodents her dad the president was like a few floors upstairs doting on them and like nurturing yeah. them that's this funny. feels like a disney movie waiting to happen yeah well so the thing with andrew johnson is pretty much this was honestly the only redeeming quality i've ever read about him mm. he was a really terrible president theodore roosevelt this dude this is a disgusting amount of animals. You can only imagine what the White House smelled like. Uh, he had guinea pigs such as Dr. Johnson and Fighting Bob Evans, <laughs> a barn owl, a one-legged rooster, ponies such as Fidelity. That's just a name I thought was good. Um, <laughs> Baron Spreckle the hen. Wow, that was a good one. Bill the lizard, Eli Yale the macaw, dogs named Blackjack, Jem, Susan, Jack, Peter. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Jack Peter is one name. Manchu, Pete, Rolo, Skip, and Sailor Boy. He had <laughs> cats like Tom Quartz and Slippers, Emily Spinach, the gardener snake, Jonathan Edwards, a small black bear. Oh, um, a black bear? A black bear, yeah. Jonathan the rat, Josiah the badger, Peter Rabbit the rabbit, who was given a state funeral when it passed, Maud the pig, and Bill the hyena. Hyena? Yeah. And Holy fuck. So last on this list, because after a while I just gave up, because I mean, these are too many animals to uh -huh. whatever. Calvin Coolidge. He had two raccoons named Rebecca and her companion, Reuben. Okay, that's fucking adorable, <laughs> though. I've always wanted a raccoon. I'm not even going to lie. A songbird named Do Funny, which is cute, and a goose named Enoch. <gasps> that's my fucking dream life right there. Two <laughs> raccoons. One's named Reuben. 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 Rebecca Ruben. and Reuben. And then a They're goose. Lovers. And also, what was the do funny? I like that. I love that name. A songbird named Do Funny. That's cute. Think of how powerful you would be if you had a goose for a pet, because geese generally are fucking assholes. That's and true. if you can befriend one, and it's chill around you, and it's an asshole to everyone else, no one will fuck with you. That's like, what you ever. want when you're the president. You want foreign dignitaries to be afraid of you when they meet you. Like, okay, he's got a goose on his side. Right. Also, perhaps with Calvin Coolidge, I might be. I don't know the man, obviously. And he's been dead for almost 100 years. But I think if you're able to befriend a goose, that shows that you have a quality that most men do not possess. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could befriend a goose, you could befriend anybody. I think that's probably true. <laughs> and also, it's just making me want to be president so that I can have some fucking ridiculous pet that one day someone reads off a list of. <laughs> uh, and some fucking high aspirations. Right. I would level your expectations a little bit. Are you saying that I can't be president because uh, I was born a female? No, I'm saying you couldn't be president because 
frankly, I don't think the country would like you. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, the country would like you. They're like non-binary. Because, ew. Ew, gross. What does that mean? You're mentally unwell. Go away. Yeah. Hobbies include podcasting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Hobbies include podcasting and doing TikTok dances. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? She can floss really good. Like the dance, not the teeth. You take care of your teeth? I think you do. I sure do. I floss every day. Wow. That's like how I know that I'm an adult now. I already have terrible teeth just because my genes are terrible and I come from migrant workers. Oh, fuck. The blood is naturally lacking the nutrients it needs. Mm. You know, we're just, we're, we're riddled with things. Scabs. <laughs> <laughs> Our bones grow in crooked. We're bow-legged. We're made to live off potatoes. There's just generally yellow. Yellow teeth, yellow from skin. From what, jaundice? Mm, jaundice yeah what's, what's that? it's called sallow right the sallow complexion mm. we have long faces big british teeth sallow complexions our bones are wrong <laughs> god put us together backwards right we were like <laughs> an ikea like a poorly made ikea chair we like something's missing we just can't tell where the other piece is so we have like that we have you and then you also have like a goatee and everything as well which i feel like right. adds to the picture yeah um and then me which is generally all limb with like a very small amount of torso yeah generally like a very slender man type of uh presence to me i would say extraterrestrial mm. out of this world for sure yeah so like if you can imagine that pair together mm -hmm. uh signing autographs or something at a podcasting convention <laughs> you would be terrified very frightening you look like the stereotypical alien that would come down in a spacecraft and i look like the stereotypical person who would claim to have met an alien who came down in a <laughs> spacecraft i saw it and she was she, she they had they had long arms you see and they and they and they and they came in down from a spaceship and I, I not me i was just minding my business making my potato soup i was taken up by them and they and did oh horrible Lord. things to my asshole i am no longer interested in my wife <laughs> my new kink has developed uh, and it is anal squirting uh, <laughs> only the aliens could do that to me i didn't have it before but now i do all of a sudden and i can't explain it either <laughs> You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't pay fucking taxes. Um, I'll be on Craigslist looking for a mate. Um, so speaking of Craigslist looking for a mate. This is the perfect opportunity to bring out our Tinderellas. <gasps> Tinderellas? Tinderella? Would you mind if I spread Nutella on her butt and ate it? Do you think what I that? could support myself? Put that foot away. <laughs> I want to see if I can support also, also, I'm developing an aversion to feet. I don't know what it is. But the more I, I see I don't feet, like it that you're saying that while looking at my feet. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably cut this out, but just for the listeners at home, Mo, we're, we're, we do this podcast at a small yeah. table in my basement. So just that's the setting right there. And Mo took her socks off. Were they always off? They I don't want to see your feet again, <laughs> goddamn. So she's across from this table. I see her lean back in her chair. And I see two naked feet grip the sides of the table, and she's balancing that way. And I'm just looking at her at her rock climbing toes. And I'm getting like very anxious and uncomfortable. See, the thing is, is I grab so many things with my hands now that I need to test my feet to okay. see how well no. they are at no. grasping. No, you are a human. You. Don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that here, okay? Okay. Let's jump into Tinderellas. All right. So I have a guy that I'm going to call Draco. Fucking cool. Okay. So we have Draco. Mm -hmm. His age is not listed, 
which is fine. <laughs> his likes, because they have that on Tinder now where you can have your likes featured on your profile. Okay. So his are astrology, wine, writer, and spirituality. So this is his bio. Practicing spirituality of love, meditative togetherness, and spiritual union. It's kind of out there. Yeah, I know. It's what you find if you don't give up seeking. God. Conscious relationship. Conscious first, then relationship. Harvest sexual arousal to transmute upwards in spiritual awareness. Not genitally fixating to convulsion. What the fuck? What does it even mean? <laughs> Save the orgasm for later sometimes. Meditation practitioner for instruction. That's, that's two different lines. Meditation practitioner for instruction. Faxed. Faxed? Vaxed. Va- like a V? Yeah. Vaxed. V- V-A-X. Okay. Apostrophe D. Yes. All right. Vaxed. Yeah. What's up with the save the orgasm for later? <laughs> Put in a doggy bag. Uh, yeah. It feels like an excuse because you can't orgasm, so you want other people to not orgasm. Well, yeah. Well, my first thought immediately what I pick up is uncircumcised gaslighter. Ooh. That's, yeah. That's a Draco energy right there. Yeah. Harvest sexual arousal. I just imagine him Creepy. like- coming up to me and like he has grubby little hands and he's kind of like <laughs> like flexing his fingers a lot coming yeah. for like my tits yep yep and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> let me harvest let me harvest <laughs> harvest this energy uh, don't worry i'll save it for later <laughs> <laughs> to transmute upwards and spiritual awareness what is yeah. that i don't even think he knows what that oh, means oh you know what i feel like this is the kind of person who like meditates to the point where they can spontaneously <gasps> orgasm yeah i bet Mm-hmm. I bet. But then he saves it for later sometimes. Probably builds it up, like edges and so that's, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, I got some ear bleach for that. <laughs> I will call this female. This hottie. This hottie with a body. A hottie tamale in her um, I call her Lisa. And this is her bio. She's in her 20s. Mm-hmm. What do I want from this app? Same as everybody else. A fleeting but intense romance. We meet at a Ukrainian Airbnb. The sex, obscene. My pussy renews your faith in God. Get married on international waters. Discover land. Use it to create research chemicals and sell on the deep web. I start putting our product in your food. You wake up one morning. The cicadas won't stop screaming. I'm long gone. Helicoptered to an undisclosed location. I have all your possessions. Maybe we meet again in another life. You are my only possession. I mean, entrepreneur. First and foremost, probably just like one of those flash in the pan romances that just, Mm -hmm. yeah, she left you with nothing and she literally escaped on a helicopter. That's pretty cool, though. But it's a cool story. It's a great story. It's the best reason for therapy I've ever heard. When you're old and you have like grandchildren or whatever, you can sit on your couch with your fucking wife, partner, whoever, and tell the grandkids this story and then they'll go, okay, well, what about, you know, Nana? And I'm like, I don't find (laughs) (laughs) I just I told you about a bitch in a helicopter, and you want to know about Nana? I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was my second choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's everybody's grandparents, if you, talk, if you talk to your grandparents long enough, they will finally admit what their first choice of a partner was, mm-hmm. like that one that got away. Isn't that horrifying? It is horrifying. What's well, horrifying from a human perspective, because you're like, well, I don't want to have that happen to me. Yeah, That's like, horrifying. I, I don't want to settle. But also, it's like, oh, where I came from? My ancestors didn't want that. 
my grandpa wanted me to have a much hotter grandma. You know, mm-hmm. you know what right. I mean? Or vice versa. My grandma had a much hotter grandfather in mind for me. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of come from this forsaken stock. You weren't meant to be the way that you are. You weren't meant to be. You have more? Yeah, I have one oh, more. Do it. One short little uh, blip no, on this please, guy. Please. Uh, so I'm going to call him Joe. Okay. Yeah. Joe. Good American name. Joe. Yeah, just Joe. His picture is him in khakis. Mm-hmm. Repulsive. <laughs> I'm currently wearing khakis, so watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also currently wearing khakis. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> and he is on a beach, and I'm assuming Hawaii because he has a lei around his neck. Okay. Okay. He says, I don't want to be a sugar daddy. Get a job already. Ooh. Or go work a corner somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Camping, traveling, ski, canoe, campfire. My dogs. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> That's so aggressive. The, the first part, two totally different. There's a normal bio in there somewhere, and it's the dogs, whatever the fuck he said mm-hmm. at the end. The first part is very accusatory and very much reprimanding. Can you read yeah. that again? I don't want to be a sugar daddy. Of course. Get a job already. Or already. go work a corner somewhere. Or go work a corner like, somewhere. What the fuck even is that? So yeah. many of these profiles, um, I usually change my Tinder preferences to be <laughs> males who are 40 plus because mm-hmm. those tend to be the most interesting, the haunted grounds of yes. Tinder yes. in general. <laughs> like this one, I'll just read a little blurb. This is beginning to become pointless. I'm pretty sure that there are no real people here. Only girls who want you to buy their premium. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's just that idea recycled over and mm-hmm. over and they're just yelling into a void of like, stop. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I don't want your nudes. But also I do. But also I do, but I don't want to pay for them. But I want to also use you as an emotional sponge. Don't be a whore, but be a whore when I want you to be a whore. Yeah. Don't be a whore, be an object. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Such a nightmare. Speaking of nightmares. Oh. Oh my gosh, Jeremy. What episode are we doing this time? This time. The episode we're doing this time <laughs> is the dream episode this time. Oh. Uh. Sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventure. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do nightmare 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 nightmare? When you sleep, you dream, but the dream happens to you. You think involuntarily. That means that something is thinking in you. Unbelievable, fantastic, but I tell you it could happen. We actually, this was a suggestion from Bree. So thank you so much for suggesting that we talk about dreams. And we are doing it just for you, you hot, sexy mama. You hot, sexy mama. Thank you, Bree. <laughs> Thanks, Bree. You hot, sexy mama. Love the name Bree. Beautiful name, beautiful cheese. Uh, yes, very much so. I know you, so I can say this. I want you to flatten me. <laughs> Anyways, what are dreams? I was about to ask you the same question. Oh, my God. I It's like I knew you were going to ask that, and I prepared an answer for you. What are dreams? So dreams happen during REM, or rapid eye movement, sleep, which cycle through periodically during the night. So if you don't know this already, basically when you go to sleep, you have these periods 
where you have more of a lighter sleep. You can still like hear things and get stimuli from the environment. And you have REM sleep, which is like a deeper sleep, rapid eye movement. And then you have like real fucking deep, deep sleep where you don't move and your brain tells your body to shut down. So you don't move during a really deep sleep so that you don't kill yourself accidentally. But when you're in a lighter sleep, you can move around and you can shift around and still like be in your dream state. That's so nice of the body to do that. Right. Isn't it like cool that it won't let us kill ourselves, but then we also have sleepwalking so we can also kill ourselves? I've just recently developed sleep apnea. So if oh. I sleep if I sleep on my back, I die. My did body you really? Goes, yeah, no. Did you really die? I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, <laughs> did you really? I didn't know you could just, well, I, mean, I guess I knew. So what could... happens is like if you have an, a smaller airway, which I guess I have, mm. you sleep on your back and your big fat tongue blocks your airway, falls <gasps> back in there. And then you start going, <laughs> and because you're dying, mm. and then you wake up very alert and frightened, but also groggy, and it's really awesome. I love it. It <laughs> makes my sleep that much worse. I feel like <laughs> I just got the visual of a dog who farts themselves awake. <laughs> That's yeah. like what I imagine. It's the same energy. That's like for it's you. The same energy you're... as that. <laughs> you're yeah, because you're looking for who hurt you, but it was you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, is that your scared noise? I don't like that. <laughs> Are we anime characters yeah, again? Just, yeah. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow zoom in on my face. <laughs> this makes you so uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> uh, anime sound. Uh. Anyways, let's get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, brainwaves are almost as active during REM cycles as they are when you're awake. Wow. So this is indicative of dreams. Oh, man. Are we living a dream? Yeah. I'm living the dream. Probably, yeah. So it's believed that the brainstem generates REM sleep and the forebrain generates the dreams. Forebrain? Like your forehead? It's exactly right. Actually, wouldn't you know your forehead is part of your brain? Yep. So the reason they believe this is because when the brainstem is injured, patients dream, but they don't go into REM sleep. And if your forebrain is injured, patients will go into REM sleep, but they won't dream. Some physical things that happen when you are asleep and dreaming is you lose muscle tone. So you don't act out during your dreams and hurt yourself. Like I said before, you basically just become paralyzed. Yeah. You can't regulate your temperature, Hmm. which is interesting. I knew that with surgery. They put you to sleep. Mm -hmm. Then they have to like warm you up because you'll just get too cold and die otherwise because you can't regulate your temperature. That's why they have like the extra nurses there so that they can breathe on you. (laughs) Yeah, they go. (laughs) Like breathe on your hands, on your arms. Mm -hmm. Like they animate people. (laughs) It's good ASMR. God, such good ASMR. So your breathing and heart rate also become irregular, which I think is interesting. And your pupils are able to constrict. So really like your body's just going full. You're like having a seizure, but you can't move. Man, that's awesome. That's not accurate (laughs) scientifically at all, but that's what I imagine happens. Yeah. So why are your dreams bizarre? So acetylcholine maintains brain activation more prominently during REM sleep. That was a lot of science. In English, doc. Brain juice. Yum. Goes... And then your brain likes it a lot during REM sleep. It's like, fuck, yeah, give me more of that. And it does. That was very bad. Your brain juice goes, and you're like, (laughs) wow, that's good. Someone's listening to this, taking notes like, wow, damn, okay. Ah, acetylcholine. Yes, the brain juice. I see see a colleen. You're swiping through Tinder and you see a colleen. I see a colleen. Remember that. That was a horrible, 
horrible pun. Well, no, no, it's, uh, this is less of a pun, more of like a learning mechanism. There you go. Yeah. So acetylcholine. 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 <laughs> Where? Um, and dopamine. Both of those are two chemicals that your brain releases during REM sleep. And both of those are linked to hallucinations. Awesome. Space and time also alters while you're sleeping. So time can seem like it can last forever or pass very quickly in your dreams, which can play into the bizarre nature of what the fuck is going on in your brain. Yeah. So there's like a few questions that people frequently ask when it comes to dreams. So I picked out a few of them and tried to get like the scientific answers for Mm. them or the proposed ideas of why. Yeah. So one of them is, is dreaming good for you? No. Which I think is an interesting question. So the main theory is that it helps us consolidate and analyze our memories. So like whatever happens during the day when you're sleeping, basically your brain like decides what to keep or throw away, Mm -hmm. really retain the skills of things that you did during the day. And it helps with priming our ability to respond in a certain way. So like your brain helps you. It's like training. Yeah, it's like training. Like, it's just getting you ready. Yeah, it's like when Rocky was punching meat in that meat locker. He's getting ready Mm -hmm. for the big fight. Your brain's like, we got to train while you're in coma mode, essentially. Yeah, that's a good way of explaining it. Yeah, so you kind of already have an idea or response in mind for specific things. Yeah. Or like conversations. or Because dreams usually tend to revolve around more daily activities. Mm -hmm. And then you have like some bizarre ones, but usually it's tied to something that happened during your day or something that would happen. So that's one proposed theory. It's not set in stone by any means. Some experts disagree. Uh, Another one is, do dreams mean anything? Which is... Very up for debate. This has been, you know, talked about for however long. And I know that you're going to jump into that a little bit. Freud introduced dream interpretations in the 50s, but there's no real way to prove the claims of interpretations. Especially Freud, because Freud, pretty much, there's no way to accurately measure what he's talking about. Right. He's just a quack is basically what everybody thinks. He was just on a lot of cocaine. He, He was really obsessed with the libido and with how sex affected your subconscious in your dreams. Most of the stuff he theorized cannot be proven in any sense. Right. He lost me at penis envy. (laughs) Yes. No one would be envious of my penis, say that much. (laughs) I don't know how to agree or disagree, so I'm going to move on. So Uh, interpreting why we have nightmares or reasons behind nightmares are a little bit divided. Interesting fact is people with PTSD are more likely to experience nightmares because when you have like more traumatic experiences, you're more likely to have them. But regular people also have nightmares. Through some degree, I think everyone has anxiety and has and worries about things. PTSD seems to be very much anxiety-based mm-hmm. and trauma-based. And if you're thinking about this thing a lot, that's what your brain's going to prime you on. Because mm-hmm. you're probably also subconsciously wanting to work through it in some way. Sure, right. So your brain's like, hey, we need to fucking sort this out. Can, right. we, can we sort this out here maybe? Nope, you didn't like that at all. Okay, well, maybe tomorrow we'll try again. Right. So how are dreams created is a big question. In heaven, (gasps) God and the angels get a big barrel of dream soup and they make it together. Disgusting. It's really cute. I imagine it's like Lucky Charms. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. That's what dreams are like. Lucky Charms. Yeah. Even with the little leprechaun. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, Some studies suggest that they come from your imagination rather than your perception of the world. I mean, obviously you can't really prove it one way or another, but the reason they say this is because people with AAD, auto activation disorder, have a brain injury to the basal ganglia, which makes them unable to think, which is so bizarre. 
So the cognitive abilities and memory is intact, but they cannot think. They have to be told to do something in order to do it. They cannot decide to do it on their own. Holy shit. Can you, that's insane. They literally don't have the ability to think. I, I can't even conceptualize that in my mind. I, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I know. Reading this, it was like, I... How do you I, not think? Because you're thinking as you're thinking about it. You have to be told, okay, use the restroom. It's like a sim. When you take off free will in the game, we talk about sims all the time. Mm-hmm. You just tell the sim where to go. And when they're not doing anything, they're just standing there staring at a wall. Mm-hmm. That's scary. It's so bizarre. They did a study with people with this brain injury and disorder, and they asked them what they're thinking. And they always say nothing, obviously, because they mm-hmm. can't think. Um, but they, they did a study with them for sleep. So people with AAD were woken up during REM sleep and they were asked what they dreamed of. And four out of 13 stated that it was routine tasks like shaving, talking to family and things that like happened throughout their day. Yeah. And 12 out of 13 people without the disorder claim to have emotional and bizarre dreams. Okay. So they're basing this off of dreams come from your imagination. Yeah. Rather than just like chemical shit going on, like the dopamine and acetylcholine. But that's all connected, I would imagine. I would think so too. Yeah. But we still don't quite know because you can't measure imagination. Right. Some studies suggest that dream imagery is formed in the brainstem and is sent to the sensory cortex. which The brainstem. The brainstem. Uh, which translates the dream into a longer, more complex story, which fills the dream with their surreal and emotional attributes. So it's just a lot of different brain bits working together to make zap zap brain fun dream stuff. So the brain's creating a scenario in your head, Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of these emotions come in and fill in the gaps, which probably is what makes it weird. Exactly. So it's like, I'm in my high school, but I'm naked. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. in my high school, emotion kicks in, anxiety, I'm naked in my high school. Which is interesting because like a lot of people I know don't have very bizarre dreams, but I have very bizarre dreams. So do I. Do you? Do you, do you remember any that you would like to share? I have a lot of dreams about <laughs> I have a lot of dreams about spiders. Ew. But like spiders that are other things, like spiders with people heads. <gasps> do you really? All the time. That's scary. Terrifying. I hate those dreams. Honestly, a lot of my dreams involve animals with people heads. <laughs> don't like that for you. <laughs> I don't like that. What would Freud say? Oh my god. But it makes sense in the dream and you wake up and you're like, what is going on? I have like really detailed dreams sometimes. And then I have some with my friends. Not usually, though. Usually I don't dream of people I know. I usually don't dream of other people. Really? Yeah. I really alone in your dreams? Usually. Usually I I just dream of situations with myself. And if I dream of other people, they don't have faces. And if they do have faces, usually it's people I know, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. They say you can't make up a face in your head. Mm -hmm. You think you've never seen them before. You have. It's faces you've forgotten. Which is interesting. One dream I had, I'll never forget, when I was probably like five. I had this dream. I go upstairs in the house at the time. We had like a computer room mm-hmm. in a spare room. And I see my mom. Her back's to the door. She's on the computer. And there's this big white sheepdog mm. sitting by the door. And I'm like, I didn't know we had a dog. Hi. And the dog licks my hand. And there's like the same color as his fur, this white fur on my hand. Ew. And I remember saying like, oh, you're a hairy dog. And I looked at my palm and it was a bunch of white spiders. (gasps) And they all crawled down my arm. And what I used to do as a kid, whenever I knew I was in a nightmare, I would clench my eyes shut. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I still do that once in a while. (gasps) I'll never forget that dream. That's fucking terrifying. Which is probably why I'm still having nightmares about spiders. Probably. Yeah. I had a nightmare the other day, actually. 
and it's very on brand for me. I had a dream that I was a mom and I had a kid. And oh, I had dreams like that. It was like a toddler. I don't know how fucking old, but it was like maybe to my knees or some shit. Okay, it's like 14. Yeah, <laughs> and I like picked it up or whatever, and it just slobbered all over my fucking arm. My arm was slick. My <laughs> whole arm was just soaked and slick with slobber. I literally almost threw up. I gave my child away to somebody. I'm like, fucking take. I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, you, and you, then I, you don't want kids. I fully left. I left my child. I'm like, that is fucking disgusting and I'm not dealing it because I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I'm going to throw you in the dumpster. I'm going to fail you, child, because I cannot stand you. And you wake up disappointed. Right. So I feel like that's a good point to go into your dream interpretations. Okay, yeah. So those are some weird dreams. I bet you wish you knew how to interpret them. Well, you know what? People from the dawn of of man have been trying to interpret their dreams because dreams have always been this elusive thing, this very strange, fleeting fantasy that seems to hold meaning. At least sometimes it can to us. You know, I know I've woken up from many a dream and been like, that meant something or like it it sits Mm -hmm. with you for a while. Right. So just a, a brief history of mankind's attempt to harness and understand dreams The earliest recorded dream was made by the Sumerian king Dumuzi, circa 2500 BC. A translation of the dream reads, quote, An eagle seizes a lamb from the sheepfold, and a falcon catches a sparrow on the reed fence. The cup lies on its side. Dumuzi lives no more. The sheepfold is given to the wind. And this dream deeply upset the king. And was interpreted as a bad omen. Hmm. Obviously, you could see those as like a lot of symbolism there. Where it's like uh, an eagle is breaking into a sheep pen and taking something. Right. You know, like a sparrow gets killed by a falcon. And you can assume it's probably because he is a king. He probably is worrying about a lot of things. Right. And so he's seeing this imagery that symbolizes a loss of control, death, Hmm. failure, stuff like this. Because of this dream, the king actually braced himself for the worst. He was very paranoid because he took it to be a prophetic warning, Mm, which really back in ancient times, that's really what dreams were seen as was warnings or messages from perhaps the gods or something else. Similar accounts of paranoid rulers reading into their dreams litter history, if you look for it, Mm -hmm. with some turn out to be seemingly prophetic. For example, Abe Lincoln dreamt about his own funeral three days before his assassination in 1865. Mm -hmm. And in the dream, he was in the east wing of the White House, and there's a bunch of people weeping. There's a body out on this little table, and he walks up next to this guard, and he says, who died? And the guard says, that's the president. He was assassinated. Mm -hmm. Also an example is uh, Hannibal, the Carthaginian general, Mm -hmm. a long time ago, and he was one of the greatest military leaders in world history, but he dreamt many of his battle strategies and then made them real, Mm -hmm. and they were very successful. Dreams are more likely not magical or prophetic, and even dreams that come true can be explained by science. In the case of King Dumuzi, which is the first one we talked about, Mm -hmm. and President Lincoln, The dream premonitions were likely a result of fears and stresses felt by anybody with that great amount of power. I was going to say, yeah. Obviously, like, Demuzi's dream was a lot more abstract than Lincoln's. I mean, Lincoln's dreams, he was the president in the middle of a civil war. I'm sure that wasn't the first dream he had where he was killed. Right. I'm sure he was very aware that assassination was, was possible. Right, right. I mean, Hannibal's dreams, the ancient general, the battle plans probably weren't directions handed down from paranormal intelligence, but... Really just Hannibal's naturally talented brain piecing together pre-existing ideas and concepts with the assistance of sleep. Mm -hmm. Because when dreaming, 
the neurons in the brain are reorganized, allowing us to recognize patterns and find solutions that had previously been clouded by like, you know, Mm. mental barriers when we were awake because they think that's a purpose of dreaming dreams help you make connections like the phrase sleep on it i was gonna say yeah i was yeah. gonna say it's like very much like, like a real thing even though you haven't actively thought about it you feel more secure in whatever it is that you were thinking yeah. or feeling according to psychologists at uc san diego sleep assists our brains to recognize and create solutions to problems by helping the brain flag seemingly unrelated ideas and memories and build connections between them But it's not just presidents and bloodthirsty generals being inspired by dreams. A lot of inventions and creations and ideas, famous ones, were inspired by dreams. Here are a few examples. Mm -hmm. Google's founder, Larry Page, was largely inspired by a dream during the development of the search engine. Tesla dreamt about an alternating current generator. Mm. James Watson came up with DNA's double helix formation after a dream of a spiral staircase. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. And Dmitry Mendeleev, he made the periodic table after seeing it in a dream. He had been struggling with figuring out the correct orientation for the elements. Mm -hmm. He had a dream where he saw them arrange themselves on a table. Mm. And then he woke up and he wrote down as much as he could remember. He only made a few corrections. Most of what he saw in his dream, he kept. And it was what we have today. That's so interesting. I never knew that. that. weird? Yeah. I like how it's a lot of scientists and things, too. Yeah. Because I imagine also probably... Because they're thinking all day. Right. A lot of their time probably goes into trying to figure these things out. So it's natural that their brain... Their unconscious is still thinking while they're still thinking about it and trying to figure out those puzzles. And it's so interesting that their brain can actually solve some of the problems yeah without them even knowing what's crazy too okay so Rene Descartes yeah he came up with the scientific method after a series of hallucination dreams so this is taken from historian George Macari Uh, he says that after a series of strange dreams one night Descartes realized that quote spatial problems could be algebraic which crystallized a vision of a natural world underwritten by mathematical laws mm-hmm. i just like come up with poems when i wake up from dreams sometimes Do you? well yeah this is the, my last example right here oh paul mccartney woke up from a dream with the melody of the song yesterday stuck in his head mm-hmm. and after confirming that the melody hadn't been copied from someone else's song he had heard McCartney wrote lyrics to it and recorded the song, which remains today one of the most covered songs in music history. And in 2000 was voted number one pop song of all time by MTV and Rolling Stone magazine. Mm-hmm. So like that's a yesterday, obviously, by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Massive song. Like everybody yeah. knows that. Yesterday. And he just like woke up with it in his head and he couldn't stop thinking about it. There's actually this idea that dreams may be a function of memory making. Mm-hmm. Like imagery and dreams is thought to be a byproduct of the memory making process in action, mm-hmm. which is why dreams are really absurd, but also familiar. Yeah, exactly. In theory, when you're dreaming, potentially you're seeing a composite of many memories playing on top of each other, and then your brain fills in the gaps. So this was like a fun fact for you. Mm. Biologist Daniel Margolash and his lab at the University of Chicago have examined the brain activity of sleeping zebra finches Mm. and found that their brain neurons fire in the same pattern as when they sing during a wake. So maybe when birds dream, they're practicing their singing. That is so cute. Isn't that cute? I love that. Aw, what a fun fact. So even today, people interpret dreams to be intrinsically valuable or meaningful. For example, a social psychological study showed that people would be more likely to cancel a trip involving air travel if they had a dream the previous night involving their plane crashing. That would be more likely than if the Department of Homeland Security issued a federal warning. They'd be more likely to cancel yeah, to cancel a trip if they had a bad dream versus if Homeland Security had issued a warning. 
Isn't that crazy? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you? Uh, no. Again, this is the same person who has dreams about spiders with human heads, so I don't take my dreams very seriously. Okay. However, on average, people will typically find dreams that confirm their own waking beliefs, Mm -hmm. and they'll find those dreams more meaningful than dreams that contradict waking beliefs. And that's because of this thing called motivated reasoning. So you'll look at a dream, you'll kind of cherry pick and say like, well, if you don't trust your partner and you have a dream that they cheated on you, you're going to be like... I think they're cheating on me mm-hmm. because that mystical quality to dreams that make it feel, right. it's a whole different experience. Like it's a secret. Yeah. It feels like the universe is telling you a secret. Exactly. Which is why people since always have thought it was, there was something to it. Through the ages, let's start in Mesopotamia, evidence of dream interpretation left behind by ancient Sumerians dates as far back as 3100 BC. Mm. Mesopotamian kings saw dreams as forms of divination. Mm-hmm. which we kind of talked about before in our fortune-telling episode. Mm, right, right, This idea right. of messages from the god, that's what divination yeah, is. Yeah. And so they would actually hire like shamans and stuff to read into their dreams and tell them what to do. Can you imagine having that much power? Because that has to be such a powerful position. That was a huge issue too throughout history because it's like this blind trust because they say, well, you have this gift, you can read my dreams. Mm-hmm. What do they mean? And so they have like political sway. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, you need to, you know, Build this temple. Mm-hmm. You need to do this. You need to do that. So really, you become half an emperor. Mm-hmm. And there were temples built because of dreams. Mesopotamians also saw dreams as a means of seeing other worlds. It was thought that part of the soul left the body during sleep mm-hmm. and literally traveled to locations that you see in your dreams. Kind of like astral projection. Ooh, I found a really interesting method to astral project. Did I send that to you? No. There is a video that I found on TikTok. It shows an album and you're supposed to like lay in a room and turn off all the lights and put in headphones and just listen to this album all the way through and it will induce astral projecting. Maybe you did. It was like that witch music. Kind of. Made by witches. Yeah. Yeah. It was like made by witches and it's like literally a spell. Yeah. You sent that to me and I was too, I started listening to it then I got too scared. I didn't listen to it. I don't know if I want to astral project. I don't. That seems very scary. Well, have you seen the movie Insidious? Yeah. Remember the whole plot of that movie is this kid can astral project, mm-hmm. but while you leave your body, other things can get in. Right. It's like leaving your car unlocked. Right. I that's forgot like my, about That's that. one of my favorite. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> so am I. Okay. Um, we're two adults getting scared over nothing. Oh, um, but yeah, like that was one of my favorite horror movies in Sydney. It's very Love good. It. Yeah. Very good. Very spooky. Oh my God. I don't, I'm now, I'm, uh, do people, people do that for fun. Isn't it bizarre? I wonder if it works or if they just convince themselves it works. Yeah. I don't know. I want to try it, but also I'm scared. Something to it. So astral projection, who knows? The scientist in me really fucking wants to try it. I don't know if my astral body's strong enough to project. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I am kind of want to try it, but I'm scared. I need to go to like a few Take Back Your Life seminars before I'm ready for that. If someone Venmos me $200, I will astral project. There's just a plus for both. You're getting $200 and you're also... I'm scared, though. I'm <laughs> it's scared. Probably, but it's also probably not real. So. It might not be. But if you are scared to do it yourself and you want someone else to do it, Venmo me. $200 and I'll astral project. Okay. My Venmo is at Mo Christine. This is not us fishing for money. Don't give her money. 
Don't give, not, her, don't give not, her money, actually. Let's I just feel that. like I need motivation to do this because I'm too scared to do oh, it yeah, on my we all own. Need, we all need motivation so in the I, form of $200. So if I get external motivation, I That's will scary. do it. What if you come back and you're not you? Oh my Something God. else has taken your place. Don't say that. What and if that happens? And you're just screaming from the ether, Jeremy, stop doing the podcast. That's not me. What if I came back and I was totally different? What would you do? Um, what could I do? Nothing. Force me to astral project so maybe the real me can get in my body again. But that that whatever gets inside of you is not going to want to get out. God, that's so scary. I'm not going to be able to convince it. Like, hey, hey, creepy ancient spirit who finally has a vessel. Mm-hmm. Can you get out of this vessel? <laughs> so just wrap, wrapping up here, um, ancient Egypt, Egyptian priests acted as dream interpreters. And we found hieroglyphics that depict individuals' dreams. Also, in ancient Greece, there was these healing temples called... Asclepiaeons. Hmm. A S C L E P I E I O N S. That didn't help. (laughs) (laughs) Too many vowels. Um, So these Asclepiaeons were used to house and cure the sick via dream incubation, Hmm. which was a theory that was practiced by many ancient cultures and involved individuals sleeping in a sacred area with the hope of receiving a divine dream or getting that sweet dream energy, magic, God, Mm. dust, and like you'd be cured of your illness. Most Greek mystics believe that dreams contain hidden messages that could even tell the future. And now we're at the 20th century. This is where you see Freud come about with psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. Freud theorized that dreams were messages from one's unconscious. With Freud's studies, the mind sort of entered the realm of science. And Mm -hmm. we still can't measure it, but Freud was like, well, hold on, let's analyze personality and your mind and Mm -hmm. your subconscious. Freud essentially said that we dream for a reason, and that's to deal unconsciously with what we are unable to deal with consciously. Which makes sense. Freud was inspired to study the mind and unconscious thoughts after the death of his own father, when he struggled with confusing thoughts and emotions and looked inward for answers. With his patients, as a psychiatrist, he analyzed their dreams and made connections between dreams, childhood memories, slips of tongue, like the Freudian slip. Mm-hmm. It's all about the unconscious. We got to figure out what your dreams mean to you. What is your brain trying to say through your dreams? Mm-hmm. And a mentee of Freud was this guy named Carl Gustav Jung. Mm -hmm. He was a Swiss psychiatrist. He eventually moved away from Freud's psychoanalysis and developed something called analytic psychology. Mm -hmm. I won't go into that at all, but kind of like Freud, but he went even more conceptual. He talked about not just psychology, but also like anthropology and culture Mm -hmm. and people as a whole. He didn't agree as much with Freud on libido mm. and like sexual obsession and stuff. Right. He was like, I don't think that has that much to do with the persona right. and the self. I like that guy more. Jung is super interesting. A little bit out there, but like... More tame than penis envy. Exactly. So Jung had a deep interest in symbols and concepts that he theorized were present in many, if not all, human subconscious called the collective unconscious. That was this idea that we all have these sets of archetypes or these images in our head from birth, essentially, that are passed down. It refers to the structures of the unconscious mind, which are shared universally by the human species. The collective unconscious is populated by instincts and archetypes, in other words, universal symbols. Mm -hmm. Jung believed that dreams are a way for the parts of you beyond your conscious awareness to get you to notice things delivered to you via symbols that are both universal and personal. So this is fun. Do you remember the website, Have You Dreamt This Man? <gasps> yeah, yeah, we did no. talk about yeah, this. It's yeah, it's called This Man. 
And it's a crazy viral thing a long time ago on the internet. We talked about this on the podcast one time because I didn't want to see the picture of the man because then you'll dream about him. And then you forcefully showed me this man's face. the picture of the man? No, I don't want to see it because I never ended up dreaming about him. There's some like really cool stories about this. I think it was our haunted episode. We talked about him because you're talking about a lot of sleep paralysis on that episode. A very creepy face. Oh, looking at it right now. (laughs) So this man. His face is scary. Originating on a website in 2008 named thisman.org, a community of people across the world shared dreams in which they met or saw a mysterious man known only as, quote, this man. Mm -hmm. This man was allegedly seen repeatedly in people's dreams despite the individuals having never seen such a man in real life. So starting in 2006, the website claimed that this man was originally sketched by a New York psychiatrist based on descriptions given by a female patient who claimed that the man had visited her in her dreams. Mm. Days later, another patient saw the drawing and identified the face as one belonging to a strange man who visited him in his dreams frequently. The psychiatrist shared the sketch with four other colleagues who had been dealing with patients struggling with reoccurring dreams. And out of these patients of these colleagues, Four claimed to recognize the face as that of a man who persistently haunted their dreams and Mm. referred to this man simply as this man. Uh, I don't like that. So after the image surfaced online between 2006 and 2008, over 2,000 people from major cities across the world claimed to have repeated dreams of this man. Anonymous witnesses ranged from L.A. to Beijing, Rome, and Moscow. Mm -hmm. I thought this was very strange. (laughs) Multiple witnesses suggested that the strange man was a Brazilian school teacher with six fingers on his right hand. What? No context for that. I just found that. (laughs) This man's role in these dreams varied drastically. Some had sexual dreams. Oh. Some recalled flying with him. Like Mm -hmm. just, you never have like a flying dream. Mm -hmm. They're just flying through the sky and he's quietly flying with them. Okay, I don't like that either. And one specific account described him as staring quietly at the individual, doing nothing. Mm. Vice did an article oh, about they, it. Whoa, did they and, really? And they found people's examples of the dreams they had. So I just want to read you one or two of these dreams that people reported. Mm-hmm. This comes from Atlanta, a dreamer in Atlanta. The dreamer says, I was in my room and I heard muffled screams coming from my parents' room. I heard things being dragged in the hallway outside my room and my door slowly started to open. There was this man walking into my room while dragging both of my parents behind him. Mm. He slowly propped them on the wall. He wrote something in blood on my wall and stared back at me. It was too dark for me to see it, so I slowed my breathing and tried to pretend to sleep. After a while, my eyes slowly adjusted to the darkness, and I could see the writing on the wall. It said, I know you're awake. Mm. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, this is the first time I'm reading these, because I wanted to save them for this. Oh, really? Yeah. Here's another dream from Australia. Oh, God. I know you're awake. Oh, my God. Starting when I was seven, I had the exact same dream on Tuesdays and Fridays for 10 years. I'm 17 now. I'm 17 now, and I have become very familiar with this man, although I did not have very nice dreams about him. I dream that I'm lying in bed, and he is wearing a cowboy hat, leaning over me and making a strange noise, almost as if he was growling at me. On his shirt is a gold round pendant that has molded into the gold the words, Go North. Mm. Other nights, he would be standing across my bedroom staring at me. Every morning when I wake up, I burst into tears for absolutely no reason. It's like this man is giving me hormonal problems. When I saw the pictures on this website, I started crying out of fear. He never spoke to me. He only made weird noises. God, I wonder if he went north if they would stop. Here's one from Utah. I dreamt of this man. 
He was following me through a park in the dead of night. I couldn't understand why he was following me, so I started running. He gave me a small groan and sped up until he was in front of me. He put his hand out, stopping me from running. He pulled me close to him, but he only said, quote, On April 9th, 2021, go north. It's the only way to survive. <sighs> I got goosebumps. After saying this, the man ran away. I tried to catch up with him to ask more, but I couldn't keep up. As I watched him fade away into the distance, I got a strange feeling. I woke up immediately after he left my line of sight. April 6th, 2021? April 9th. April 9th. There's one more. Do you want to hear one more? It feels so accurate right now. Yeah. That we need to go north. Go to Canada. We need to go to Canada. So here's one from the state of Florida. I dreamt of this man. A couple years ago, I had to see a couples therapist because I was having reoccurring dreams about this middle-aged man who kept attacking me. He never said anything. I woke up soaking wet and sweat every night. This was the same time I met a guy in college who was very creepy and stalked me. Mm. He always found a way into my dorm and would sit there all night. I was put on trazodone to help me get through the nights. I also have a dream where someone is always telling me to go north. I got it tattooed on my ankle because I swore it meant something. I'm almost positive this man is the one who comes to see me in my dreams. Ah, uh, okay. I don't, uh, I got goosebumps. So this website was originally started by Italian marketer Andrea, but I think it's a man. Nutella, not to be confused with the delicious chocolate <laughs> spread. Andrea Nutella in 2008, who dreamt of the man firsthand and wanted a space for witnesses to share their experiences. The only known depiction of this man is a composite profile created by Nutella using an identikit software. That's what police use to like, right. yeah, to make a... Like a sketch. Yep, composite profile. According to Nutella, this man had instructed him to create the website. Or in Nutella's words, the man, quote, invited me to create a website to find an answer to his own appearance. Hmm. Thisman.org offered theories for the strange phenomenon. One of them was this man was a manifestation of God. Hmm. Two, some people only dreamt of this man after learning about him. Right. Three, a corporation was mentally conditioning the public to dream this man. And then four, which I'll touch on at the very end, this man was an example of Carl Jung's concept of an unconscious archetypal image. I was going to say, like, what if people have these dreams and they're totally valid dreams and they do have them, but they can't pinpoint what they look like until they see that picture and they're like, oh, that's him. Yeah. They're fitting the mold, basically. It, like it fills in the blanks. Right. By October 2009, the website reached over 2 million visits and received 10,000 emails from supposed experiencers offering theories of this man's true identity. At the height of this website's fame, it was soon discovered to be a stunt produced by a guerrilla marketing company specializing mm -hmm. in subversive marketing campaign. Nutella officially confirmed this in 2012, but even after his confession, online news outlets still covered the phenomena with no knowledge of its debunking, even Vice. Right. So that Vice article was written like three years after it was proven fake. Oh, really? So this is all fake. But people were still projecting their own nightmares onto this. A lot of people still stand by the fact that they've seen him and that this is all one big right. self-fulfilling prophecy. Meaning, right. Yeah. So being a true hoaxer, uh, Nutella agreed to be interviewed by these publications, such as Vice, answering questions as if this man was indeed real. <gasps> so like because... Because they didn't do the research, he's like, you can interview me, but I'm going to act like this is all real still. Mm -hmm. And Vice released their article called The Face Everyone Dreams About in January 2015, nearly 10 years after the hoax's genesis and three years after its debunking. 
Though proven fake, multiple people experiencing the same dream is believed to, in theory, be possible via Jung's archetype theory, mm-hmm. which I'll go into for a second. So Jung had these archetypes called Jungian archetypes. This is going to get really trippy for a second. Okay. Carl Jung's structure of the human psyche consists of three basic tiers, ego, personal unconscious, and the collective unconscious. So it's best imagined as an ocean full of waves. And okay. I drew a little picture for you right I here. I did. I saw it and I was waiting for you to get to that. Yeah. So an ocean full of waves and each wave is a white cap. The ocean itself is the collective unconscious. It's like the psyche that we all share. And it's a realm of unconscious full of meaningful symbols and concepts we all relate to. Mm-hmm. And then each wave is us. It's our personal unconscious. So we each are interpreting the collective unconscious into our own lives in our own waves. Mm-hmm. And at the top, the white cap at the top is our ego. And that's who we are in the real world. That's okay. like us awake walking around. Like tip of the iceberg. Right. We don't realize that we're drawing from this big sea of things. We don't realize that we're internalizing it. The ego is I, me, mine. It's what you're aware of. So an example it might be confusing, but the collective unconscious is like Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola bottles. Interesting we're, analogy. We're, yeah, so like we're, we're all, there's many Coca-Cola bottles, and each bottle is its own individual thing. Oh, but, but it's, it's all Coca-Cola. Yeah, but it's all Coca-Cola. It's okay. all identi- it's identical yet separate. Mm-hmm. Albert Einstein once said, the notion of separation is an illusion of consciousness, oh. which kind of plays into this idea of, of you know Jung's idea. So here's some archetypes. So an archetype is a dynamic pattern of behavior in a living organism, Mm -hmm. in this case. Jung suggests that one's goal should be to understand these archetypes, recognize their manifestations in your own life, and then try to understand their unique meaning to you. Mm -hmm. And that'll help you become your true self. Jung argues that the images in our dreams are largely representations of our own unconscious. While dreams are unique to the dreamer's mind, some of the dream images are manifestations of these universal archetypes that symbolize unconscious attitudes that we may not be aware of when we're awake. Jung maintains that by identifying the archetypes in our own dreams, we can potentially learn more about our inner self. So here's the four main archetypes. Mm-hmm. You've got the self. Right. This is the unified psyche. This is your unconscious and conscious self. The shadow. This represents the deeper elements of our psyche that we often deny and project onto others. Mm -hmm. This may appear in your dreams as bad or frightening figures who threaten or betray you. The shadow is dark, mysterious, and wild. It's disturbing. In your dreams, encounters with the shadow often reveal our deepest thoughts and fears. It's the stuff that you really reflect on afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, This one was weird. It's the anima and animus. So an anima, not to be confused with an enema, (laughs) an anima is... The female image and soul of a male psyche, and the animus is the male image and soul of a female psyche. Okay. And so it's kind of bizarre. Sort of like the feminine side of you and the male side Mm, of you. Okay. So for guys, your anima is going to be your mom, sort of. Like how you Mm. relate your mom to you. Okay. To yourself. How you are part of your mom. And so that's how you attribute, those are the feminine qualities you attribute to yourself unconsciously. Mm, It's very trippy, and I honestly don't understand it all. (laughs) And then the fourth one is the persona. And this is the way we present ourselves to the world, like the ego. It's like the social mask that we wear. The persona opposes the shadow. So that's man in a suit. Mm -hmm. And the shadow is man in a loincloth. Right. Okay. So I think in total there's like 12 main archetypes. I will mention a few that were just interesting and fun that I think we actually can all relate to. These are more deeper archetypes we project in our dreams. One is the old wise man or or wise woman. Okay. This is an image representing wisdom and guidance, even power. 
but it could also be representative of the collective unconscious, so this sort of ancient wisdom, okay. the source of guidance and comfort. Right, like leading you to the right path right, or whatever. Right, And then there's the great mother. Oh, I don't the, like that. Yeah, the great mother appears as either a nurturer or a witch. Ooh. So the nurturer often appears in our dreams as our own mother's. And the witch brings destruction through domination or seduction. Oh, God, seduce me, witch. Yes. Come to my dreams and seduce me. Yeah, and so Jung suggests that our personal relationships with our mothers can have a profound effect on how this figure appears in our dreams. Oh, God, I'm definitely going to have a witch. <laughs> and so one last one is the trickster. I dream of these guys a ton. A figure who conjures up trouble. Ooh. Often appears as a wise fool who acts as the catalyst of destruction while they themselves remain unscathed. The trickster often points out flaws in ourselves or a system. Mm. And the trickster inspires us to question, but also may trick us into doing the wrong thing. The trickster may appear in a dream when we are uncertain about a decision that needs to be made or when we are feeling insecure and vulnerable. Jung believed that archetypes more often appeared in dreams during decisive ages in life. Mm. Yeah. He called these like big dreams or, or grand dreams. Yeah. And um, they can stick with us and be transformative, especially if we are able to identify their relevance and meaning. So next time you have a strange dream or an impactful dream, reevaluate the characters you see in this dream or interact with. So if you dream about your mother, your lover, your best friend, your boss, instead of taking these people at face value, consider that these familiar faces are actually just you in costume. That's so interesting to you think know? about. Yeah. So if you have a dream where you didn't yelled it at a boss, well, no. Think about it as you yelling at you. Why are you yelling at you? Why do you think you're worthy Why? of being yelled at? Doesn't that kind of feel profound? God, what am I doing, me? Right. So these could be you, or at the very least, aspects of your inner self taking on a shape that you can recognize. It's your unconscious speaking for itself in a language you can understand. Whoa. Right? So Young's theories are both, to be fair, widely criticized and fiercely advocated by psychologists and philosophers. But if there's any truth, I think, to Jung's dream theory, I think it offers us like a wonderful existential irony. This whole time that we've been trying to interpret our dreams, in reality, our dreams have been interpreting us. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah. That's so interesting. Can you imagine like being your subconscious and you're just desperately trying to get this big, dumb, meat idiot to understand what's yeah, like, going on? You need on? to talk to your parents. You have daddy issues. You're like, okay, how can we get this fucking idiot to understand? Okay, right. let's uh, throw in some of this, some of that spice, maybe a trickster. Maybe they'll fucking get it now. Yeah, you're scare, like, let's scare them so that they think about this when they're right. awake. But it's like a training drill. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that I think is a good place to end. For dreams. Right here. Yeah, I think we can do a mini in the future about like the different sleep disorders and things. I was going to include it here, but I think maybe it's too much information thrown at you. So I think I'll do a mini episode on things like lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis and how yeah. you can induce those Ooh, so you can try it for spooky. yourself. Spooky. Fun, fun, fun stuff. Even if dream interpretation and why we dream can't be scientifically proven or you can't come up with a solid concrete way of analyzing it i think the analyzing process in itself is what is helpful and that's really what it should be yeah it never hurts for. to take a closer look at anything right if it can't be measured with science if it can't be proven whatever you can always benefit from stepping back and taking a look at your life mm -hmm. all bets are off it's your life do whatever you can to give it meaning and search for meaning and you know Sometimes there's symbols in your dreams and sometimes you're just being chased 
naked right. and it's a spider with a human head. <laughs> I just think introspection in general is a very good thing. And if you get that from dreams, then you get that from dreams. And it's always healthy to, you know, try and analyze yourself and your feelings and your thoughts and learn more about yourself. Yeah. So. I think uh, it's a good place to end off on that. Yeah. You got any good vibes? Good vibes. <laughs> Pirates. Pirates. I think pirates are a good vibe. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think pirates are really neat, and I think that they are really cool for doing pirate things. Were they bloodthirsty and awful? Yeah, but also very cool, like very chic and oh, yeah. it's kind coming, of it's coming back. Kind of badass, yeah, yes. for sure. So I just have a very deep appreciation for the pirate aesthetic. That's fantastic. So for my good vibe, I and this might surprise you. Yes. I'm going to go with nightmares. Oh, okay. You Interesting. Why? why is that? Because nightmares are scary. However, <laughs> I don't know about you, but whenever I have a nightmare and I wake up and I go, oh my God, uh, I'm having a heart attack in my bed. I'm covered in sweat and I'm screaming. Right. You probably pissed yourself. I pissed myself. I do that before I fall asleep. But so <laughs> that's the warmth lulls me to sleep. When I wake up from a nightmare, it kind of gives you perspective. And like the moment when you realize what you n- had a nightmare about didn't happen, that like relief that hits you. Okay. I'm talking about much like the relief of you pissing yourself in your bed. Similar, very similar (laughs) reliefs. Uh, Yeah, because I'm relieving myself. Yeah, I do know you know. I do know what you know. (laughs) I I know what you mean though. When I have like a sleep paralysis episode, um, the aftermath uh, is very relieving in a way because ah, it's like, hey, this isn't real. There isn't somebody hiding in the corner of my room staring down at me as I sleep the entire night. Totally. Fuck yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, 100%. Because it's like, okay, I just had a, this terrible dream or like sleep paralysis episode. And it's good to remember that you know, no matter how bad it gets, there's never going to be like an evil shadow person standing in the corner of your room, breathing heavily, going to hurt you. Right. You know, now there's true crime does exist. So there really could be a man in the corner of your room looking at you and is going to kill you or do something right. else. But not tonight. But not tonight. You know, unless you're somebody who's going to be murdered tonight, in which case that could be the night. Regardless, regardless. If you're listening to this and you're currently being murdered tonight, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry that you're being murdered tonight. It's really (laughs) unfortunate to everybody being murdered tonight. (laughs) But not me. So that's my good vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. And if you did enjoy it, please let us know. You can send us an email with any suggestions or feedback that you have like this episode was. We did it based off of suggestions. So if you want something like that, like Bree just got from us, send us an email at according to an idiot at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at according to an idiot or our Twitter at idiots accord. Also, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes that help us that helps us out a lot. And I will be reading the reviews. So if that entices you at all, there's that aspect to things by the way guys we just created a patreon if you want to check it out i'll put a link in the episode notes so if you'd like to support us in this venture as we try and grow and produce more that would be really cool of you to do yeah i think that's a good place to leave off i hope all of you have very sweet sweet sexy dreams yes tonight of penis envy penis envy and spiders, but good spiders. No, the good spiders. The good spiders. Like Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. Ooh, that's good. All right. Do, do the closer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this was a dream. <laughs> and I will see you in time. Love you guys. See you. Bye.
Furthermore, the fact that life is transient is part of its liveliness. The poets, in speaking of the transience of the world, always utter their best poetry. You know, our revels now are ended. These, our actors, as I foretold you, are all spirits and are melted into air, into thin air. And like the baseless fabric of this vision, the cloud-capped towers, the gorgeous palaces, the solemn temples, the great earth itself, I, all which it inherits, shall dissolve. And like this insubstantial pageant faded, leave not a rack behind. We are such stuff as dreams are made of, and our little life is rounded with a sleep. And said so well, it doesn't seem so bad after all, does it? <laughs>